You know, that testimony was so beautiful. What did Jesus die for if not for our freedom? Amen? He died for our freedom. <laughs> you know, this Memorial Day weekend, there was many people. We, we remember the, all those people that have died defending freedom. But right now in this church, we have the opportunity to worship the one who is freedom. <laughs> to worship freedom himself. And his name is Jesus. So right now, just lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hearts. And say thank you for your freedom, God. Thank you for your freedom. Oh, yeah. Thank you for your freedom, Lord. You know, yesterday I was thinking... Why do I go to church? You know, I have to question myself sometimes. Why do I go to church? You know, and the uh, obvious answers start popping in my mind. Well, you know, I'm appreciative of the, the blood of Jesus. I appreciate what Jesus has done for me. I want to worship him. I want to praise him. I want to give him gratitude. I want my children to come up, be raised, be raised right in the fear and admonition of the Lord. And then Jesus, I, I believe Jesus just spoke to me and he said, I want you to go now expecting. You know, I want you to go expecting. This was after watching a video. We need to expect things in this place. Amen? We need to see, we need to expect salvation. We need to expect healing. We need to expect all these things, the miraculous. Amen? Every service we come to, we should have a great expectation right now. So if you're expecting something from God today, if you're expecting Him to move, if you're expecting Him to heal, if you're expecting Him to save, come up here with me right now. Come on. Come on. Are you expecting God to do something? Come, 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 come. You're not coming to me. You're not coming to a man. You're not coming to a church. You're not coming even to whatever. You're coming to Jesus right now. Come. Are you expecting right now? Whoa. And if you're expecting, just praise the one who's unwavering. Just praise the one who's not like shifting shadows. He does not move. He is solid as a rock. Steady. Steady. Whoa. Worship him, worship him, worship him. Whoa. Come on, come on, come on. Give it your all now, now, now. Now is the time, now is the time, now is the time, now is the time to know, now is the time to know. Hallelujah. Never been so free, caught in your love for me. Never been so secure, knowing your heart never been so free caught in your love for me never been so secure knowing your heart come on singers I've never been so free caught in your love for me never been so secure knowing your heart 
never been so free caught in your love for me never been so secure knowing your heart
God cares about your feelings. He doesn't want you to be run by your feelings or just controlled by your emotions, but he wants to minister into your emotions right now. If you don't have joy in this place, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. I said there is a river whose streams make glad the city of our God. He wants you to worship him with joy and gladness. So as we sing this part again, just drink deep from that river. Drink deep. Open your mouth wide and chug the joy of the Lord right now in this place. Right now in this place. God, I declare joy. I declare joy. I declare joy among your people. Among your people right now. Gladness. 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 No more sorrow. No more pain. No more hunger. No more feeling bad about themselves. I declare joy. The fullness of joy. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. You can smile even right now. Smile. You give me joy down deep in my soul.
brighter than the stars A love that shines Burning in my heart A love that keeps me Gloriously A love that shed His blood on me A love that Your story today, come on.
Speak to us, God. Speak to us, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Come on, just start speaking in other tongues right now as the Spirit gives you utterance. As the Spirit gives you utterance, we're not going to be an obstacle to the Holy Ghost right now. We're not going to be an obstacle. We're going to remove ourselves right now and let the Holy Ghost reign in this place. Come on, lift up your hands. Someone's going to get baptized right now in Holy Ghost and fire. Someone's going to get baptized right now speaking another tongue. I want to call out the pastoral elders, whoever can hear me. Come up here. Line up like an altar call. People are going to be filled right now. People are going to be filled right now. The Holy Spirit will not be blocked. The Holy Spirit will not stand still. We're going to let it flow in this place. 
This is what I'm talking about. Hold on a second. This is what I'm talking about when I mean expectancy. You come to this place to worship the Lord, and the Lord is going to give you something. Not because you worship Him, just because He loves you. And if you've been desiring the gift of the Holy Spirit in speaking in tongues, being baptized, you're going to come up here. These brothers, elders, holy men and women of God are going to lay their hands on you. They're going to say, receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. And they're going to lay hands on you. And when they do that, you will lose your English. You will lose your English and you will start speaking in other tongues. Can we be the church here today? I just, I don't know. Can we be the church here today? Hallelujah. And if you want a healing, I want, I want the, the craziest healing you can imagine. Whatever you have. I don't care what you have. You got a goiter. I don't, you got something coming out. You got a third arm. You're going to come up here and you're going to receive healing right now. Amen. Now, now remove me from what I said right now. Just worship the Lord. We worship the Lord. Come, come. Who wants to be healed? Come, come, come. Who wants to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Come, 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 come. Come on, come. Who wants to get saved? Who wants to meet Jesus for the first time? Come. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the Holy Spirit. I'm not ashamed of speaking in tongues. Oh, the power. Dunamis power come. There it is, sister. There it is. You got it. You got it. Whoa. There it is. There it is. There it is. You got it. There it is. There it is. There it is. There it is. You got it. You got it. Shit. Saints, come on, saints, you pray. Come on, saints, pray. Come on, there's more. There's more that want it. Come, 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 come. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. There's fire here. There's fire here. You'll be baptized in Holy Ghost and fire. Praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him. Come on, clap your hands, praise him, do something. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah, Lord. God, we place you number one, God. We listen to you first, Lord. God, we are not, we don't lie when we say we want you to have your way, God. We want you to have your way in this place, God, with this time, God. Let's just tarry just a few more moments in his presence. Let's not be quick to leave this moment. Jesus, you are worthy, Lord. This is your church first, Lord. We are obedient to your voice first, Lord. Have your way. Minister to the people here at the altar call. And even the people who are still in their seats, God. Have your way in their lives, God. Let your spirit touch them right now. Let them feel the energy from you, God. Let, let them feel your spirit over them, God. Engulf this church right now with your presence, God. Jesus. Jesus. thank you so much God God we're just focused right now on you Lord we don't need it to be the first of the month to to think about your cross about communion in general God we can have right now an examination in our lives right now Lord Jesus, we place you number one. I just feel the Lord just wanting to minister to every single person in this place. And the word that keeps popping out is love, love, love.
Don't hold back. Don't yield. Just yield to God. Let him have his way. Jesus. My mama used to sing this song. Her generation used to sing this song. Just a few more moments. Yes, Lord. You are in this place, God.
your presence is so thick in this place god oh hallelujah god we thank you god for this time god you don't know we don't want to get out of this place god let the whole entire service be led by your spirit today god let us just be engulfed with your spirit today god oh lord you have your way lord jesus lord god we thank you for this time god as we transition right now god i just pray god that you would be king god be just just be you lord in this place god we seek you today lord we seek you today jesus in jesus name hallelujah in jesus name and everybody said hallelujah give your neighbor a high five and say it's just the beginning you may find your way back to your seats hallelujah For, you, for those of you who don't know me, my name is uh, Ellie. I'm one of the pastors on staff here. I've been feeling this so strong in, in my spirit the last few months. Just go deeper, just go deeper, just go deeper. And I've been actually pushing the youth group just like this. I've been saying, let's just go deeper. Let's just make it about him tonight. Let's just focus on him. I don't want to, you know, have this church be just thinking that, oh, we have to go through the service this, this, this way, or even in our youth group this way and this way and this way. No, let's focus on him. Let him lead us. Let his voice become so strong in our church again. That's what I, I was just feeling in my spirit. But I want to uh, preach the gospel today. For those of you who just barely came here or who are coming back to the church or whatever it may be. And we just want to make sure that you know what it, what it takes to be part of the church in the first place. And it means that you need to be born again. You can, if you have your Bible, you can turn to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 through 5. That is not the right scripture verse. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 45, uh, the screen is incorrect at the moment. And I just want to give you a quick testimony about just my life before. Before I came to the Lord, I was just completely going on the opposite path. I was into Satanism. I wanted demons in my life. I was manipulative. I was angry. I was depressed. I was everything, you know, bottled up, ready to explode at any given moment. The Bible says that I was dead in my transgressions. And I can tell you right now, man, it was the worst feeling possible. I could have made it by myself. Yeah, I could have, you know, gone into college by myself. I could have done all that. I could have made a great career by myself. But I still would have been dead on the inside. My spirit still would have been dry. It would have still been lacking Jesus. It would have been lacking the truth. But Ephesians 2, 4 says this, But because of his great love for us, God who is what? Is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, it is by grace that you have been saved. Because of Jesus Christ, because of God's great love, I was made alive. I was not dead in my transgressions any longer. 
I was not like that anymore. I was made alive, transformed, born again as the word of God says. And you can have that in this place too. You can have that relationship with the Lord if you just repent. If you just believe in him. Believe not that, you know, he was just on the cross for no reason, but because he did it for love. He loved you so much. He loved you so much that he was going to die on the cross for you. He did it. Now, what are you going to do about it? It's on your court now. The ball is in your court now. What will you do? Will you respond to the word of God today? Will you, re will you respond to the entire service so far, the, the spirit leading you, the spirit asking, come to my presence, come. You know this is right. Will you respond to that today? If everybody can stand up. And let's just pray. God, we're seeking after you right now, God. This is for you, Lord. We ask, God, right now, God, that you would convict the hearts of those who are not right with you, Lord. Speak to them right now, God. Show them the areas in their life, God. Show them how good you are, Lord. What you did for them, Lord. How you know everything about them. How you are the one that is the author of their life. How you are the one that has the best place in their life for a relationship. The closest relationship, God. You can have it right now, God. Jesus, have your way, God. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. How you? Give them a hand clap of praise. <laughs> Jesus, if you felt, if you just want to respond to that prayer, if you want to get right with the Lord, if you want to learn more about our church in general, you can come up here to uh, Pastor Leilani and Rudy, and they will talk to you. They will pray with you and just, you know, connect with you. Amen. All right, so now we're going to do our confession of faith. We do this every week, and it's just the things that we believe in this church, our fundamentals just in general. So on the count of three, we're going to recite it. One, two, three. I believe in one God and creator who is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Father who so loved the world, the Son who purchased my salvation in his death, burial, and resurrection, and the Holy Spirit who makes me new and abides in me forever. I believe in the perfect Holy Bible that reveals God's purposes and plans for my life. I believe in the second coming of Jesus who will judge the living and the dead. I believe in the eternal world of believers in Jesus and the eternal punishment for all unbelievers in Jesus. I believe in the united church of Jesus Christ built upon apostles and prophets, elders and deacons in which the gates of hell shall not prevail. I believe in the salvation for all mankind. It is by faith alone, in Christ alone, by God's grace alone, and for the glory of God alone. Amen. Hallelujah. You may greet your neighbor. Talk amongst yourselves.
All right, all right. Good morning and welcome to Metro Praise. If you guys can please find a seat. So good to have you all here with us this morning. If this is your first time here, thank you so much for joining us. Why don't you just raise your hand if this is your first time here? No. Right there. Thank you so much for joining us. If you could just leave your hand raised and one of our ushers would like to bring you a brochure right here next to my sister, Cynthia. Thank you guys so much for joining us here at MPI. We have two main services, Sundays at 10 a.m., Fridays at 7 p.m. Elevate. Come on, Elevate. Amen. Friday, 7 p.m., Elevate Youth Services between the ages of 11 to 18 years old. And I just want to give you a quick announcement of what's happening coming up in June. We have our Puerto Rican Festival Outreach. Yes, come on. You guys excited about that? I want you guys to do this for me. I want you to take out your phones. If you have one, I want you to go on the Facebook event page right now real quick. Puerto Rican Festival Outreach, and I want you to hit join on the event page. It should pop right up. If you can't do it right now, make sure to do it when you go home. It's got all the information about what we're going to be doing that day, Saturday, June 14th. We're going to go out, preach the gospel. We're going to have a huge outreach for the community, and we want you to join us. So Saturday, June 14th, 10 a.m., be there. Amen. And then here at MPI, we got a vision of loving God and loving people. So if you're new to this church and you're thinking, hey, what is that church about? We're about loving God and loving people. And we don't do membership here. We do discipleship. So here is our discipleship strategy. Connect, mentor, and send. We want to make sure that, number one, you're connected to Jesus. He is your Lord and Savior. And then you get connected to one of the life groups. Life groups are places where we share life together. So if you look on the back of your announcements as you're receiving them, go ahead and take a look. There's a complete listing of what we have going on this quarter. We have a prayer prayer night, which is tonight. We have a Bible study. We have evangelism, counseling for women who are considering abortion. We go out to the abortion mills and we preach to them and we love on them. We got a single moms group, single men's group, and so much more. So make sure you get connected. And here's what's going on this week tonight at 5 p.m. we got the single moms group come on single moms where you at we got a group for you happening tonight at 5 p.m. with our sister Cynthia Roldan why don't you raise your hand right there yes tonight please contact her for more information and then also today at 5 p.m. we have encounter prayer and worship group happening Mondays we got adult fellowship at Ishmael's house right there celebrating Memorial Day, please talk to this man today and come out. We're going to have a great time. We're going to barbecue. We're going to have just awesome time. 21 and older, so please talk to him for more information. And then Wednesday, we have our King's Kids, which is infant to 11 years of age, happening this Wednesday. Yes, for our kiddos, bring them out. If you can't stay, just drop them off, and it's happening. That's happening at 6.30. And then Friday, adult Bible study at my place with childcare provided. That's at 7 p.m. And then Saturday evangelism at 5 p.m. Preaching the gospel in the city of Chicago. So many great things. Thank you for your excitement, guys, because God is doing great things in this group. So please get connected to one of those groups. Talk to myself or another leader, and we want to see you there. And after you get connected, we want to see you get mentored. Somebody say mentored. You might say, I feel Jesus. I want to know Jesus more. Well, guess what? We want to walk with you through that. And we do that through our seven-step uh, chapter. This is welcome to your new life. We're just walking with you and just sharing Jesus with you. And after you graduate that, you move on into the 201 class, disciples that make disciples because God wants to use you. And that's the second part, the third part of our discipleship strategy, which is send. Somebody say send. 
Come on, do the little wave with me. Send. You're going to go where the Holy Spirit takes you, right? Send. And we have a goal of 100,000 disciples here in the city of Chicago, 50 churches here, and 500 all around the world. If you're excited about that, give God some praise. Come on. Amen. Now it's time to prepare to give our tithes and offerings. Please turn with me in your Bibles. 2 Corinthians 9, 11. 2 Corinthians 9, 11. We are on lesson number seven. Offerings result in thanksgiving. And I'm reading out of the Disciples Giving Book, found on the Metro Praise website. Completely free online. If you want to sign up for it, subscribe to it, you can get it into your email. So we know, we've learned here, that tithing is 10% of your total income. That goes to God automatically. And anytime you give anything after that, it's an offering. And an offering is a gift to God after our tithes. So let's read in 2 Corinthians. It says, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Somebody say thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. That's the first point right here. It says, people give thanks to God when they benefit from offerings given to God. For example, the Christians who receive the missions offerings in forms of Bibles, books, and supplies give thanks to God because other disciples help them. Come, somebody say, I am the disciple, and I'm going to help. And then says number two, the golden rule. How thankful would you be if someone gave offerings to help your family in a time of need? Just think about that for a moment. If you were in a time of need and somebody came up to you and gave you some cash or gave you something you were in need of, how grateful would you be? If you needed food, if you wanted a Bible, if you wanted to grow closer to God and you couldn't, you didn't know how, but somebody handed you a Bible, how grateful would you be? It says, imagine if your home was destroyed in a hurricane and people came from around the country with offerings from their church to help rebuild your home. How thankful would you be? Hmm, I have no house, but here are some people that are going to come help me build my house. I would be just blessed, wouldn't you? It says, therefore, make happen for others what you would want happen to you. Amen? And I just, you know that thanksgiving to God, they can't see your face, but they know you're coming in the name of Jesus. When we're going out on this mission trip at the end of 2014, we're coming in the name of Jesus, and he's going to receive the glory. Amen? He, the thanksgiving will go up to him. And so in summary, whenever we give offerings to the work of God, whether it's to, to missions, charity, the church, etc., it will always result in thanksgiving to God. Amen? Please stand to your feet with me this morning. If you want to apply this lesson to your life and you want to say, I want to be a tither, and I want to give above and beyond that. This is what you, where you start. Number one, be a faithful tither. Start giving your 10%. Number two, prayerfully ask God to lead you in giving generous offerings to the work of God. And number three, always be thankful that you get to help others. Amen? It's all about that relationship between us and God. It says, God, I'm being faithful with my tithe. Now, what do you want me to give and where? So let's confess this over our tithe together. One, two, three. The offering is a gift to God after the tithe and is given in a variety of ways. God said it should be a generous seed given with a cheerful heart from personal sacrifice. Offerings will always bring thanksgiving to God because they go towards charity and ministry supplies. We give offerings in obedience to God's word. 
sharing with others our blessings with a gracious heart by imitating Jesus and revealing where our treasure really is. Amen and amen. Here at MPI, when you give your tithe, it goes to the general fund. Anything you give after that becomes your offering. And you can choose where that offering goes to, whether to the missions. If you look on your envelopes right now, you can circle missions or you can circle building offering. And this year, when you circle missions, it goes directly to the missions trip we are taking at the end of 2014. We are going to the Philippines. Come on. We're partnering with other churches. We're going to go out and preach the gospel, evangelistic outreaches, discipleship training for pastors. God is going to do an amazing thing. So pray. Ask God where he wants you to give. And let's recite this scripture together. Acts 20, 35. The Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your people gathered in this place. I thank you for your presence. And I just pray, dear God, that in relationship with you, they would be open to receive, dear God, and how to give, where to give, dear God. I pray for hearts of obedience and cheerful hearts to give. I pray those who are looking for employment, Father, I pray for your favor. I pray for your favor over your people, for financial stress to be broken off of your people, dear God, and prosperity, dear God, that will result in thanksgiving to you. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said amen. Thank you so much, and come up as you give. Amen. If you love Jesus, can I get a whoop whoop? Amen. We love Jesus. I love Jesus. Yes, I do. I love Jesus. How about you? Oh, y'all don't know how to come back? Y'all don't know how to come back? When I say it, you got to say it back to me, okay? I love Jesus. Yes, I do. I love Jesus. How about you? My man took it to the plural, but you, you, you could say, I love Jesus. Yes, I do. Okay, one more time. I love Jesus. Yes, I do. I love Jesus. How about you? I love Jesus. Yes, I do. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap. Sunday school. Woo! We're crazy for Jesus. Open up your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 5, verse 38. I always love Memorial Day weekend because you always know who the real Christians are. So look at your neighbor and say, you are a real Christian. Amen. You coming on the three-day weekend because you know I'm going to keep you here all day, baby. You don't got to go nowhere tomorrow. Come on. It's church to the break of dawn right now. Let's just do it. Look at your name and say, let's do it. Man, I'm so excited that you guys are here. I'm excited that God is here. What a powerful time in the praise and worship, right? Wow, 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 wow. We believe in the gifts. We have so many things we've written about that. So go and study or talk to one of our leaders. But thank you, Brother Ish, for bringing us to glory land. Amen. I don't need to go to grace land. I need to go to glory land. Praise God. Matthew chapter 5, verse 38. We're in a series. 
Sermon on the Mount, the largest portion of Jesus' teaching found in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And today we're going to learn about loving our enemies, or in today's language, loving our haters. Does anybody got any haters in their life? Come on. They're drinking haterade. They don't like it when you get blessed. They don't like your marriage. They don't like your family. They're hating on you. We're going to learn about loving them. And, hey, even during a time of Memorial Day weekend, remembering the fallen soldiers, those who have served our country and given us this freedom, we have some real enemies that try to fight against us as a country, and we need to learn to love them, right? We need to love them as we drop bombs on them and set them free from oppression, but we're going to love them as we do it. Amen? Because if anybody's dropping bombs, I want them to be Christian. And if anybody's carrying a weapon, I want them to be full of God because they'll be merciful in bringing their justice, right? We don't want to do more harm than we do good. So we need to pray for our soldiers, that God gives them a conscience, and that they, they fight for justice, amen? And, they, and, and that we as a church, that we pray for our enemies. Because right now, if these enemies repent and turn towards God, there wouldn't be no stuff. So don't start no stuff, won't be no stuff, amen? And I don't mean to get all political. But let me just help you. North Korea, that man needs to repent. He needs to say, I'm not God. He needs to stop living in that kind of a fascist regime and set those people free. Islamic countries that are fighting against the innocent people, like in Syria, in Nigeria, Boko Haram, uh, the people taking those those young girls and, and running off with them. We need to pray they repent. Amen. And we have a book in the back I wrote on Islam if you want to learn about Islam. The two biggest enemies that we have today are Islam and communism. Communism coming by the way of North Korea, former uh, Russia, a little bit with China. We'll have to see how they'll be here in the end times. And then Islam, Islam ruling over nations like Egypt, uh, hurting the innocent Christians, Syria, and what they're doing in Nigeria and other places like that. Somebody say, love my enemy. Amen. Let's look at it. Matthew 5, 38. Now you got something to think about while we hear Jesus. You have heard that it was said, eye for an eye and tooth for tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other cheek also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. Can I borrow your wallet? No, I'm just kidding. But that is what it says, though, right? Don't turn away those who want to borrow. So can I borrow your house? Can I borrow your car? We're going to talk about what that means. Some of you all look at me like, I don't know if I'm ready for this, Pastor. This is really serious stuff right now, right? But we're going to learn that in context. Some of you remember from yesterday, uh, last week rather, we talked about it a little bit. Now we're going to get into it in depth. Look at verse 43. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. That's pretty easy, right? Love those who love you, hate those who hate you. But we're not doing it that way. Don't just say love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, somebody say that's what he said. Thank you, Jesus said, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain to the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? get? And, and not even the tax, aren't even the tax collectors doing this? And if you, get only, uh, if you only greet those people, uh, how are you better than others? And uh, do not even do what the pagans do. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Let me read 46 and 47. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? So the Bible says, if you only love those who love you, you're not much better than a sinner, right? Somebody who doesn't even know God. 
Verse 47, if you greet only your people, any gente up in the house, boricos, boricuas, and all that. So if you're only like, que paso, hey, what's going on? But then the gringo comes, and you're like, oh, he's a gringo. And you start speaking in Spanish. You guys know what I'm talking about. All I can hear is gringo, gringo. No, I'm just kidding. But you got to love your gringo pastor, amen? You can't just love your country. Man, you got to love everybody it's talking about here. It says, if you greet only those who are your people, what are you doing more than others? Don't even pagans do that. Now look at this last verse, verse 48. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Let's read it together. One, two, three. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Okay, let's go over a couple um, themes today. Number one, we're in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' longest portion of teachings. Number two, we're talking about disciples. That's who he's teaching. Are there any disciples today that want to listen to what God says? All right? Uh, If you don't want to listen to what God says, there's nothing I can do to help you. I can't force you to obey God. I can only teach you what he said. But if you'll do what he said, you'll have what he said you can have. So you do it his way, you get his kingdom blessings. And that's number three. It's all about his kingdom. God's kingdom is coming to earth one day to rule and reign. And I hope you all get to stay there and be a part of it. Amen? If not, you get evicted, put into hell, the lake of fire. You don't want to be there. Now, I want us to think about this before I give you all these definitions. The notes are online. A lot of good stuff to learn about today's lesson. But the first thing that we hear from Jesus is that we're going to do things differently when it comes to those that don't like us. Now, to have that teaching, you already have to have an awareness of people who don't like you. So I want you to think right now for the rest of this sermon about people who don't like you. Okay? Think about those who don't like you. Think about maybe on your job, coworkers, friends. Who are people in your life that don't like you? Now, some of you, you may say, you know what, I'm not petty. I don't get into those kinds of things. Well, how about this? Think about people that you just don't get along with that you would prefer not to be with them. Maybe somebody at your job, if you had to do any project with somebody at your job, this kind of person would be the last person you would want to be with because they maybe make it difficult for you. It's hard for you to get along with them. So I want everybody to think at least of one person in their life today that either doesn't like you or you don't get along with them, okay? Do most of you have somebody to think about? Most of you, okay? Is anybody here perfect? Everybody likes you? No, I'm just kidding. But uh, it's nothing wrong with that if you have everybody that likes you right now, but has there been times in your past where people didn't like you at least? Can you think about that a little bit? Right? Okay. Would anybody like a fan right here? I see you kind of fanning. Ishmael, would you grab the fan I have in the back there, set it up right here, and let it just cool us all down right here. Amen. It's going to go to you, Armana, and then it's going to come right over here to me. Oh, praise God. I'm thinking about getting some big fans for the summer. If you remember how hot it gets up here in the summer, I'll I'll see in my gym, they got like this big one. The only thing is it's going to sound like there's an airplane taking off in our church, (laughs) you know, but it will be cool. It will be cool up in here. Amen. So I'm thinking about some people who have come to the church and they didn't like me and I just wasn't their perfect pastor and I tried to help them but it really hurt and we tried to talk it through but then they got offended and, and then they went on Facebook and told people what they thought about me and they had to let everybody know. See, I'm thinking about that right now, okay? That's what I'm thinking about. And when I come to Jesus' teachings right here, uh, this is not the way I want to handle it. 
this is not the way I would want to do it. So it's like, you write something on Facebook about me, I'm going to write something on Facebook about you. Because I know your business, you know. You're going to say pastors throw meat and all that. But I'm going to say you were cheating on your husband. You were doing X, Y, and Z. Let me put it out there too, right? It's getting quiet right now. You all just got scared. Is that what just happened? You all thinking to yourself, man, I can't ever be putting pastor on blast because that's right. He knows my business. But it's kind of crazy like that, that people will do that. People will put me on blast, but I can't put them on blast because then I'm not acting Christian-like. But they're going to be so Christ. They're going to tell me how I'm not Christ-like while they're acting like a fool. Does anybody see the hypocrisy in that? My pastor's not a good pastor. He didn't act like Jesus. But I'm not acting like Jesus right now. I'm cussing all over Facebook. But he should be acting like Jesus. So they'll get all upset and say, I don't act like Jesus while they're not acting like Jesus. And then if I really show them how not to act like Jesus, then they just point it out and go, see, I told you, look at him. So I'm thinking about that kind of person right now. Armano, can you raise it higher? You got it just for the ninos and ninas right here. Papi needs it. Papi needs it right here. No, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You know what I'm saying? And can you stretch it a little bit closer, my friend? And maybe you'll water with a little lime. Little, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, so I'm thinking about that kind of person right now. I'm thinking about this kind of person that I have tried to help. I have tried to work through our problems, and they don't want to listen. I'm thinking of two as well. That is perfecto, as long as it just comes here at some point in the day. I think it will. Here it comes. Here it comes. Look at it. Let's see where it stops. That's, we just made it a big deal right now. See, that's not far enough, Armando. That's not far enough. <laughs> It's like, yeah. yeah. Can we just twist it a little bit more? Twist it. Turn it right there. Right there. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Woo. Let's give it up for Brother Ishmael. That's my man pampering his pastor. See, right now, somebody's going to put this on Facebook. That is the pastor. Somebody want to pamper him. You know what I'm saying? No, dude, it just would have been really awkward, me setting down the mic, putting up a fan right there. It's not like I couldn't do it myself. You all tracking with me? Because I am a man. I'm a man. Feel that, my brother. I've been working out. Come on. Amen. I'm moving myself. I'll pick that thing up, set it down. So I'm going to think about two people. I'm going to think about, in general, just all people who have left the church and been angry with me. And then I'm going to think about my neighbor. My neighbor had mental issues. I mean, she, she was crazy. She just, I mean, this is all I can describe her, crazy. Let me just tell you the story so I can feel better, okay? So I got little kids, toddlers, two and three years old, and she has a bird feeder in her yard. Now, this is like a typical Chicago setup, you know, like two bungalows, boom, boom, right next to each other. And we don't even have a fence. So it's like our yards are like literally right next to each other. Her sidewalk is like right here. My house is right here. So she can walk on my sidewalk and touch my house. Does everybody know what I'm talking about? Just typical Chicago. Chicago living baby, okay? So she put a bird feeder on our side of the yard. So her sidewalk is the end of her property, and then there is a patch of grass, like right here, that goes to our house, okay? And that patch of grass has rocks there, and she decorates that side of 
the uh, our, our property because she sees it every day. I don't really see that side. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Like that neglected side of your house. Like you don't even know what's going on over there. Some people know what I'm talking about. So it's just like, I don't even know what's going on over there. I don't even care. You can do what you want. I was renting the house. Okay, and I treated it good. But hey, that's your side. I understand you like to put stuff there. But just one day, my children are on that side. And they're playing. And they pick up a bird feeder. I'm talking a little blue Home Depot bird feeder on the ground and move it somewhere. Now, you would have thought we had just put anthrax in her puppy feed or something. Like, we just tried to kill her dog. You would have thought, like, like we had just planted a bomb, like a landmine. Like, like we had just dug a trench and put a dragon in next to her. You, you would have thought that we would have established a nuclear facility with the waste going into her. You would have thought, like, everything had just gone crazy. Because she came home and she's like, who moved my bird feeder? That's how she came to my wife. She is crazy. I'm telling you, she lost her mind a long time ago. God got to give it back to her. That's why I'm praying for her, Jesus. Pray for her as you think of this story. And she's like, who moved my bird feeder? Which one of you moved? And she's yelling at my kids. And my wife is not a one to lie. She's not a messy person. So if my wife tells me she's yelling at her all crazy like that, I believed it because she ended up yelling at me all crazy. So, so I come home, and my wife tells me this woman was crazy yelling at her and the kids, cussing. And we don't cuss in front of our kids. How many have a problem with people cussing around your kids, right? She's cussing. She's swearing. And my, my, my mother-in-law, who's an awesome woman from Greece, loves to give like nobody's business, just gives, gives, gives. We didn't even know it was literally this neighbor. We thought it was our mother-in-laws that put it there because she was putting stuff all up in our garden anyway. Anybody got a mother-in-law just loves to give or people in your family just love to give? She was already putting like little twirly things in our garden for our kids, and we didn't even know. So my wife is trying to say, hey, I'm sorry. We didn't even know. We might have thought it was ours because it's on our property. Number two, we're sorry that we moved it. It's not good enough for her. Now, this is where I need the help of the Lord, okay? Because when I came home and I heard that somebody went cray-cray on my wife, we're going to talk about it now. You know what I'm saying? So she comes home and I say, can I pray for you, neighbor? No, that's not what I said. She came home. I went right to where it was on our property, and I said, if this is your bird feeder, and you, and I'm talking like this, too. I am hood. You can take the boy out the hood, but you can't take the hood out the boy. And I'm like, this is your bird feeder. This is where your bird feeder belongs. And she started effing this and effing that. And I said, let me get it. She's saying she's going to call the police. And I'm like, let me get my camera out because I'm going to show them who the fool is. And she says, you can kiss my ASF. And she points to her butt. Y'all crazy now. You think I can't talk like that in church? That's how people are. I'm not going to cuss. I'll spell it out if I have to. Y'all listening? I'm like, you can't. <laughs> it's like, pastor keeping it real. Some of you are like, that ain't even a bad word. But anyways, that's what she said. I could kiss. I could kiss it. And I'm like, I ain't kissing nothing. You get the cops right here if you want. So she runs and slams her door inside of her house. And you would have thought, like, that was the end of it. But no, that was the beginning of World War III. That was the beginning of a world war between the two neighbors. Life would never be the same again. For the next two years, it was, and there was no fence. My backyard and her backyard had no fence. I've got, at this time, three kids that run everywhere. Literally, the ball would go over there all the time, and I have to, like, sneak over there, get that ball, come back. 
Be like, what's going on? I got my hose right here. I will spray you down, lady. And one day, and one day, she put something back on that other side. Lord have mercy. This is where I lost my mind. You know what I'm saying? Because then I saw the dude, and they're like retired. You know what I'm saying? But he's like some old construction worker. So he's ready to get it on. I could just tell. If, if I mess with Bob, I guess that's not his name, but I'm just giving you like a dude's name. I mess with Bob, we're going to get it on. But I'm like, I'm crazy now too. So I saw this plant on their property. Bob comes home doing what he's doing. I'm like, Bob, you paying my rent? He's like, I ain't paying your rent. And I'm like, then get this. <laughs> I'm just telling on myself right now with Jesus. I'm like, then get this plant. And I just throw it off of my property. Bob comes right up to his line, folds his hands. I come right up to this is so serious. This is where you got to pray for your pastor. I come right up to my line. I'm like, what's up, Bob? <laughs> Oh, thank you, Jesus. And, of course, my wife at this time is on the porch. Joe, it's not worth it. You know, it's not worth it. Everybody got a wife like that or a woman in your life. It's not worth it. Get away from there. And I'm like, let him bring it. Mm, I would have loved him real good with the five-fold ministry, baby. I would have loved him all night long. Then the Holy Spirit convicted me. <laughs> After all cray-cray had broke loose, after I had almost caught myself a charge and needed Ishmael to bail me out. Could you just even imagine this? You know, like as the police come after me and this neighbor got in a fight and they're like, they're taking the report like, and what is your occupation? Pastor. What is that, sir? Pastor. Okay. Um, and then I said like, you know what? I need to make this right. I need to apologize to her. So one day she was out in her front yard and she was doing her little garden and I mean she'd come out there with scissors just snip 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 like I said she lost her mind a long time ago <laughs> seriously ever since Nam it ain't been the same for her I don't know what happened in her life but she's down here snipping and snipping and I'm like ma'am I just want to say I'm sorry don't you blankety blank so she cussed me out again and then I said to myself I'm gonna try to say sorry again a couple months later I tried to say sorry she cussed me out and sorry, it's sad but true. The last thing, <laughs> the last thing that happened was when we were moving out of there. She's like, I'm so happy to see you guys go. That was her last words to be. Amen. Everybody going to pray for me this week? Okay. Whose fault was it really in the beginning? Whose fault? Hers. But I overreacted, right? Have you ever been in a situation like that? It's like, you didn't create the problem, but you're going to solve the problem. Anybody else got an attitude like that? Because I'm like, don't mess with me. I even tell people, don't mess with me. Don't mess with me. I'm okay. Don't. But I'm like, now you done did it. Now you done did it. I'm going to show you why I told you not to mess with me. Anybody else like that? Like you're like steaming. So these are the kind of people I'm thinking about right now. I went through all of this to say, anybody else have people like that in their life? People like that on your job. And this is what Jesus is telling us. Jesus is telling us, don't try to get an eye for an eye. If they poke you, you poke them back. They hit you, you hit them back. Don't go out trying to sue them before they sue you. Don't try to take from them before they take from you. That's what Jesus is teaching us. Now, if I can be honest with you, after almost serving God for 20 years and tell you I dealt with that, I wonder how many of us are dealing with that today. 
I wonder how many of us are so quickly ready and able to throw off Jesus' teachings to say, I got to be right. I would rather disobey God and be right. How many people really think that, you know? I got to defend myself so that I can have my rights even if I disobey God. It's like, God, I'll, t- I'll do it your way later, but this time I'm doing it my way. And you know what? That was two years of, of living hell with that neighbor. I never had to bring it to that level. I wish I would have handled it differently. Maybe if I would have taken one insult from her, as the Bible's really saying, maybe we could have had peace. But because I was not going to let her get away with one insult, we ended up going eye for an eye, tooth for tooth, until finally God told me, this is not how I handle problems. Now, I want you to look at the context of Jesus' words as you're thinking about people in your life. In the Jewish legal system of that day, he is correcting the corrupt system that they had. The eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth came from how they dealt with their problems. So if you were a Jewish person living in Jesus' day and somebody hurt you, you would go to church because the leadership of the synagogue was also the leadership of the civil affairs. So their church and state was married together. So imagine me judging between you guys on your job. So you get into a fight on your job, and your boss doesn't make the final decision. I, as the pastor, make the final decision. Imagine if you're going through something with the law, a police officer, and it's not the judge who's your final decider. It's the pastor. That's how it was in their day. The priests were the ones who made the final judgments in court. Are you guys tracking with me? And so what Jesus is saying here is stop going to court to try to solve your problems. Stop taking every little thing in your life before this priest saying, now you do to them what they had did to me. You punish them for what they are doing to me. There's two reasons why I think Jesus was telling them to do that. Number one is because their system was getting corrupt. The people of that day were not handing out justice anymore. There wasn't really an honest priest that they could go to or an honest system. Kind of sounds like ours, doesn't it? Maybe there is more justice in our system than there was in their system, but isn't it a sad day when you see all the corruption among people you're supposed to trust? Governmental leaders, judges, governors, etc. A lot of corruption. But it was so bad at that time, I believe Jesus meant that. And also, for the most important reason, I believe Jesus is teaching us, can you accept an offense so that you don't create a bigger issue? And I wonder how many of us could do that. Let's go back to that situation with me and my neighbor. Technically, it was our property, right? I paid the rent there. And she had insulted my wife. But did I need to insult her back? No. What could I have done? Imagine this. Hey, this is this, let's dream big right now, okay? I could have said, I'm sorry for the misunderstanding. Ooh, that's, that's kind of humble, isn't it? That's not big, tough Joe. Ah! No. She cussed out my wife. She didn't talk to her right. And I could have just squashed it by saying, I'm sorry for the misunderstanding. It wasn't right that she cussed out my wife. I'm not saying that it is. It wasn't right for her to do what she did originally to put it on the property. It wasn't her property. But did I need to poke out her eye because she poked out mine? It's quiet up in this Methodist church. Is this a a spirit-filled church? Or did I go into First Baptist this morning? First Presbyterian? (laughs) 
the Episcopal Church. It's quiet up in this church. I could, I could have taken that wrong, couldn't I? Going to a person that I'm thinking about or situations about being a pastor, they attack me on Facebook. There ain't no pastor. And sometimes it's so funny, they use my own stories against me. There ain't no pastor. You almost beat up his neighbor. And I'm like, dummy, I'm the one that told you about me beating up. I almost want to beat up my neighbor. But there ain't no pastor. You know, like, like, like they're exposing me now. Like, I got something on you. I'm going to tell the world. I'm like, it's on a video. It's the dude recorded it. I'm so serious. I'm so serious. People act crazy like that. But but would it would it be okay, or would it be not even say okay? But how about being obedient to Jesus? If I took a Facebook offense and didn't answer back. See, I think Jesus is trying to tell us: don't try to fight for yourself all the time. Now, somebody at this point, I explained this last week, and I want to clarify it right now. Somebody may say, well, pastor, if I keep turning the other cheek and I keep letting people poke out my eyes, I ain't going to have any eyes, no teeth, and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to have anything because they're going to take it all from me. Well, this is where I think the line is drawn. C.S. Lewis and others have said it like this. If we do not prevent evil we'll be guilty of allowing evil. And so at some point, we must resist evil to protect the innocent victim and not allow the perpetrator to commit more evil and to bring further judgment upon themselves. So there is a point where I think Jesus is saying, you have to stop this because it will hurt more people. So let's say she slapped my child. Am I supposed to say, go ahead and slap my child's other cheek that's okay no that's not okay but is that the same in the sense of her cursing me out you see there's a difference there isn't there and i think jesus is trying to teach us the difference we're taking petty things and making them big things and by us doing that we're adding all this stress in our life and we're not treating others the way we want to be treated because there's been times we've had bad days and overreacted on others and been the first to strike and we've wanted grace on those days why don't we give those kind of people that grace back maybe that person cutting you off is late to work and they don't mean to be a jerk but they just happen to act like one maybe you should give them grace instead of laying on the horn Maybe your co-worker's going through a divorce and they had a bad day with their kids getting ready for school and the first thing you said to them set them off and maybe you just need to give them grace. Maybe that customer that's snapping their fingers in your face and you just want to quit that job and teach them a lesson. Maybe they're just burying their loved one or maybe they're going broke and having to go to uh, you know, a cashier currency place and pawn their car to get money and now they're finally coming to you to buy something or pay a bill. See, we don't know people's backstory. We don't know why people are so stressed out. But if we'll look at our own life, there's been times we've been stressed out. There's been times we've missed treated people I think Jesus is trying to tell us give them the same grace that you would want the next thing that we learn is that Jesus is teaching humility in a Roman state he said if they ask you to go one mile go with them too 
They lived in a time when the Romans ruled their land of Israel, and the Romans could stop any citizen at any time and say, hey, sir, I need your help. Grab my luggage. Grab this uh, uh, weapon. Grab this armor. Help me move this you know, big thing down the road. And you would have to stop whatever you're doing and start working for the army. The army could command you at any time to do that. They could come and stay in your house if they wanted to. As a matter of fact, that's what England was doing to us. And we began to say, you can't do that anymore. And that's why our military can't do that. But they lived in a time where they could do that. And what does Jesus say? If they ask you to go one mile, what are you supposed to say? I'll go two. But that doesn't sound right to us, does it? We're supposed to complain. We're supposed to let them know, no, 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 no. I'm busy. I don't need to do that for you. You should do that for yourself. I'm already doing this. And what do I, I'm already doing this. I don't have time for you. What do I think Jesus is teaching us there? People will inconvenience you at times. And sometimes you're just supposed to say, how else can I help you? You don't feel like it, but you're supposed to. Why? Because Jesus is saying, I want you to be like my father. That's how it ends. Be perfect like your heavenly father is perfect. He sends rain on wicked people and righteous people. He gives the wicked air to breathe and the righteous air to breathe. But wouldn't that be funny if he didn't? Like you would know when you got back to work on Tuesday who was dropping it like it was hot, not doing the right thing because they came to work. <laughs> I can barely breathe. God has taken all my air away. Wouldn't that be funny like God just like cuts down their air like 20%? You just, you messed up this weekend. You were getting drunk. You were doing dumb stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you lose their air. But you see, God's not like that, is it? Is he? He's merciful. He's kind. And so he's saying, I want you to be kind. I want you to be merciful. And now, as we thought about that, I want to ask you to think about another group of people. The people that you love that are the closest to you that hurt you in life. Husbands, wives, children, parents. Think about people in your life that hurt you. How many know it's the ones that are closest to you that sometimes hurt you the most? The way that my wife and I can treat each other on our bad days will be worse than I'll treat anybody here. Because if I'm with you, I'm like, okay, I'm going to hold myself together a little bit, you know, unless we're arguing over a bird feeder, you know. But if, if on, general, on general terms, like, I'm, I'm going to be professional, like I'm, I'm the pastor. And you may be losing your mind, but I'm going to try to keep it cool. But my wife and I get in a fight, all of a sudden I just throw off all the barriers. I've lost, I've lost my temper with my wife, and I felt so bad. And I began to get this understanding. Why would I treat the one who loves me the most the worst? And I remember seeing this with my parents, too, you know. And I was a bad kid. I'm not saying, like, I didn't deserve some whoopings. But I got some whoopings in some ways I don't think I deserved. You know what I'm saying? Like, I might have needed a whooping on my butt, but I didn't need my mom's high heels going all up in my face while she was driving the car like this, you know. I didn't need my dad's backhand at a table and just knock me back to Tuesday or whatever, you know? Like, I wish he would have had more of a calmer conversation with me. Like, son, we're going to discuss that in the bathroom and then spank, spank, instead of when I did not expect it. Hello. But I remember thinking about this. I'm like, this is the craziest people could. I mean, if I told people my parents act like this, they won't believe me. 
If I tell them when you get my mom upset, she acts like this, people would just look at her and go, no, your mom is too sweet. Your dad is so calm and collective. Like coworkers would even tell me, your dad is the nicest man I know. He's so patient. I'm like, he don't always act patient, you know, but that's the way it is sometimes. We as parents will show our children the worst sides of our temper. Husbands and wives will show each other the worst part of ourselves. Now, of course, if it's not abuse, and I never make an excuse for abuse, that should be reported and, and be punished. Can I get an amen for, for spousal abuse, child abuse? But in our times of losing our tempers with our loved ones, I believe Jesus is teaching us this same lesson. Do you always have to fight husband and wife to see who's right? Or can one of you take the wrong, even if the other one's wrong, and take it and forgive them? Forgive them. With our children, we do need to have a standard. We have to hold that up. But do we have to lose our temper and go beyond what is right and fair just because we got mad? You know the difference, parents. I've heard good parents confess it all the time. You know you needed to discipline, but you still went too far. And I think Jesus is wanting us not only to look at enemies and say, man, I can love and pray for Saddam Hussein. You know, when he was alive, he was like our enemy. Or Ahmadinejad now in Iran. Yeah, I can pray for them. But you know what? We can pray and forgive each other when we hurt each other. Amen? How about this, dealing with poverty? Jesus said, give to the one who asks you and let them borrow whatever they want. Now, if we just said that's up for grabs at any time, anywhere, we would all be walking out of here naked, wouldn't we? And have nothing to our name. Because if we just told the world, if we told this neighborhood, how many know if we made a flyer and said, everybody at Metro Praise International will give you anything you ask for? How many know some people coming from this neighborhood taking a whole lot of stuff and we walking home naked? Let me get your clothes. Let me get your shoes. Let me get your car. And somebody might even be crazy. Let me get your wife, right? Let, let me get your loved one. Let me get this. And then we'd all be naked and homeless, shivering, <laughs> shivering and cold. And then people would call us a cult, you know. And, but we would say, oh, we're just doing what Jesus said. Put it up there so people don't think I'm making it up because there's got to be a, a balance to what Jesus said here. Look at the scripture again. Matthew chapter 5. Look at what it says here in verse 42. Let's all read it out loud together. Verse 42, give to the one and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. Wow. What does that mean? Well, obviously, Jesus does not want us walking around homeless and naked. But what I think he's telling us, as I know from the other passages you read, because I have a parallel passage here in Luke 6, 27. Scroll down, please, so they can see it. Also by his apostles, what Jesus is doing is saying, stop making excuses to not give when you can give. That's the point. Stop making excuses. How many of us could do good but choose not to do it out of our own selfishness and laziness? Start for an example. Somebody needs a ride to work. you are like, no, I can't do it. But could we if we really wanted to? Maybe somebody in your family needs you to help them move. And, like, moving is the worst thing in the whole world to me and probably a lot of people, right? Like, don't you just hate moving? Like, I hate to do it. I, I pay other people to do it, amen? Like, have a moving company do it, and you want me to volunteer to do it. What can I do to pitch in to not do it? That's what I'm thinking. But if, 
but if I can do it, and, I, and I'm like, when are you moving, you know? And they're like, Tuesday at like 7, and then I go to my calendar, and like Tuesday at 7, it's, it's available. If I lie and say I can't make it, that's, that's what Jesus is talking about, isn't it? I shouldn't do that. Now, of course, when we help homeless people, we shouldn't give them things to help them stay homeless. Like if they're on drugs and they're asking for money, that's probably not the best thing to do is just give them money because they might use it for more drugs. But there's a way we could help homeless people. You can give away your used clothes and things to shelters instead of keep selling them at garage sales for $1.99. Hey, we could give away everything, right? Isn't that something that we'll buy all these things that we don't need and put them into garages, into storages to, to have there to gather dust? And then after a while, we'll sell that stuff for a couple dollars and then we'll do with that money what will we do with that money go buy more stuff that we don't need what if we just gave that away what if we just gave it away what if we just said you know what instead of trying to haggle a deal over these jeans these clothes I used to wear I'm going to give them away instead of trying to haggle a deal over this kitchen table that I got why don't I just give it away I think that's the mentality Christians are supposed to walk around with. And I'll show you some scriptures here in a minute. And then lastly, this is just to help us understand what Jesus was saying. I'll give more examples at the end. But then he gives this whole thing in verse 43 to 48 that says, you know what? Don't just greet people who greet you. Greet your enemy. Don't just do good to those who do good to you. Do good to those who don't even like you. And then he says at the end, you know, pagans know how to treat people well who like them. But we're supposed to be like our father who knows how to treat people well even when they don't like him. Let me ask you a question. How many times have you and I said to ourselves, I'll do this for so-and-so, but I won't do it for them because they don't deserve it. Oh, they don't deserve it. You know what? If Jessica needed some help, I would help Jessica and Salvador. You know what? But if those people who left my church, who wrote about me on Facebook, if they needed help now, no, I'm not going to do it for them. They don't deserve it. Have you ever used that kind of language? They don't deserve it. That person doesn't deserve for me to say hi to them in the morning because they never say hi back. They don't deserve my common courtesy. You know what? If you treated me nice, I would treat you. But since you treated me bad, you don't deserve my tip. You know, in the restaurant, you don't deserve my respect. You don't deserve my tip. You don't deserve my time. We talk like that, don't we? We do. We kind of like have in our mind these scales, and we're always figuring out who deserves the best of what we have and who gets the lower part of what we have. You know, you let me in on a Chicago side street, beep, beep, you get the honk and the wave. You know what I'm saying? You let me in. I'm going to give you the honk and the wave. Some of you all just going to do the wave. I like doing the honk and the wave, you know? You cut me off, I'm going to start driving really slow and try to pass you eventually. And then I'm going to slow down and let you drive behind me at five miles an hour. And then when you want to kind of go over, I'm going to go over. And I'm going to be playing a little game with you, right? But that's how we think, you know. But God is trying to tell us, stop thinking about people in those terms. Think about it like this. God loves the world and treats the world fairly. Let us all treat the world fairly and love it as God does. Now, once again, that's within bounds of reasonableness. I can't give my car to any of you, so I can't give it to my enemy. But if I had an ability to give you my car, I should also be able to give it to my enemy. Do you all understand? 
I, right now I got some extra clothes. So if you needed some and you're like double X and you need some help with some clothes for the summer, hey, hook me up on Facebook. I can give you some out of my closet. And if one of my enemies finds out about that, one of my haters, I should be able to do the same for them. What, what I believe Jesus is telling us right here is we need to stop being imperfect humans and making excuses. And we need to start being perfect as our heavenly father is perfect and start living like him. Some of us want to use the excuse, well, they don't deserve it, and you know what? That's just the way it is, and that's just who I am and the way I was raised. Instead of saying, you know what? I should do better because my father is better. I should act differently because my father acts differently, and I belong to his family now. Amen? Would you turn with me quickly in the notes? Let's just look here at the notes because I have a lot of scriptures I want to say in closing here. Number one, the eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. What can we do to do better than that? We can drop the matter unless it's a serious one. We can drop little offenses. Does anybody want to drop little offenses? How about the next one, turn the other cheek? When they got uh, put on trial in the Jewish court, if, they, if you were put on trial in the Jewish court and they didn't like what you said, they could just slap you, okay? Like, slap him, you know? you know? You know that they treated Jesus like that? They slapped Jesus. Jesus didn't send down angels and destroy him. What can we learn from that? When people insult us, we can let them insult us to a certain point, right? How about this? Go with them one mile instead of two. Instead of arguing with people over what they deserve, what we're willing to give, we can give them more than what they ask. How about giving to the one who asks? We can truly help those who are in need when we're in the power to do so instead of lying. Loving our enemy, we can treat others the way Jesus treated us when we were the enemy of Jesus. See, not all of us here, and and matter of fact, none of us here have always treated Jesus right. You don't have to raise your hand, but have you ever taken the name of the Lord in vain? That's being God's enemy when you act that way. Have you ever had sex outside of marriage or lusted after someone you weren't married to? That's causing God to be offended. You're offending God. Have you ever disobeyed your parents, young people? That's causing an offense towards God. Have you ever taken something that didn't belong to you or coveted or were jealous over what somebody else had? These are called God's commandments, not suggestions. So we could say, God, how did you treat me when I was your enemy? Oh, you loved me. How can I treat those who are my enemy? I can love and pray for them. And lastly, we can say, God, I want to be perfect like how you're perfect. Go to John 14, verse 15, and then we'll close out today. Everybody ready to have a good weekend? Amen. John 14, 15. Uh, Vinny, would you come to the uh, piano, please, keyboard? Look at what Jesus taught us here. John chapter 14, verse 15. Not only... Did Jesus expect us to be perfect like his heavenly father was perfect? He expected us to love him and keep his commands. These are the words of Jesus. He said, if you love me, keep my commands. Now, how many know right here Jesus is asking a lot out of us? He wants us to be perfect. How many know that's kind of hard, right? It's kind of hard. Coloring and saying within the lines is almost impossible, Right? Now I got to be morally perfect? Driving the speed limit's hard enough, right? Now I've got to love my neighbor as myself? This would be impossible in our thinking, wouldn't it? So what is God doing? Let's just pause here before we move on in closing. What is Jesus doing? 
Is he setting an impossible standard that we're always supposed to be guilty of falling short of? So is he kind of like an abusive stepdad or no offense to stepdads, but someone that doesn't really love their kids. That's what I should have said. Forgive me for saying stepdad, but um, like someone who doesn't really love their kids and says, if you get A's, then I'll, then I'll respect you. So the child gets A's. If you get to college, I'll respect you. And it's like what the child does is never good enough. Is that how God our father is? He's like, unless you're perfect, I don't love you. Unless, unless you keep all the commands without fail, I'll never love you. So number one is Jesus messing with us. Is he setting a standard that we can never do? Or number two, is he teaching us to do something that we could never do by ourselves, but would have to depend on him to do? See, I believe it's the second one. When you come to Christianity, it's impossible to do this by yourself. I can't change myself. That's the thing that blows my mind when people talk like that. Pastor, I'm not ready to go to church. I got to work on some stuff. Dude, if you are broken, how are you going to fix yourself? You're broken. Does everybody get that? It's like, Pastor, my car don't work, but I'm going to drive it 100 miles and go get it fixed. How many would, if you heard that from somebody, you think they're crazy? My car, let me say it again, my car does not work, but I'm going to drive it a hundred miles to go get it fixed. If your car's broke, get someone to fix it right now, right where it's at. When you say, I can't, I, I can't love people like this. I can't obey God's commands. There's no way I could love people like how my Father in heaven loves people. That's impossible. God's like, I'm glad you realized it. I'm glad you understand it now. Are you ready for my help? Are you ready to listen? Are you ready to be born again? Are you ready to be led by my spirit? Psalms chapter 23 says, He leads me in paths of righteousness. Leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. So He teaches me how to walk this out. How to treat my neighbor right. How to get along with my haters. He'll teach me. He'll lead me in a path of righteousness. Amen? Here are six things that we can learn from this in closing. Number one, practice nonviolent resistance. For our country right now, we can learn from people like Martin Luther King Jr., who never had to raise a sword or a gun, but changed the world through the civil rights revolution. We can do that here. Yes, there's a time to fight. Yes, there's a time to go to war. But I'm talking to people in Chicago today. We can learn to, instead of re, uh, coming against evil with evil, we can learn to use good to overcome evil. Number two, we can drop offenses. We, we, we know people have done us wrong. We know in the marriage the wife or husband might have said something wrong. But we can choose, as Proverbs 19.11 says, to overlook it. There may come a point where you have to say, I have to deal with it now. I'm not going to ignore it. That's true. But at some at other times, you can choose to say, is this really worth my time to fight about? Number three, we can be a servant of all. Jesus Christ came from heaven to earth to die on the cross, to be mankind's servant, to save us. We can say, you know what? I'm going to serve you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to do, even though you don't deserve it, I'm going to do something nice for you. Number four, we can generously help others. 
The people in the Philippines don't deserve your help. You don't even know them. You got your own problems. I understand that. But you could be like your father who sends rain on the just and the unjust to people who love them and don't love them. And you can help them instead of giving to McDonald's today if you wanted to. You could show in your heart, I'm going to be generous to people I don't know. Maybe they don't deserve it. It doesn't matter. I'm just going to be generous. I'm going to help others if I can. Because if I got five bucks, I don't need another Big Mac, but I need to act like my father. Number five, love your enemies. We can love them and want the best for them. I want people to change and repent. We want Muslims to come to Christ. We want North Korea to repent. I want my neighbor to repent. We need to pray and say, God, help us to love them because we don't want anybody to perish and go to hell. And lastly, turn with me to 1 John chapter 3, verse 3. It's my third closing, if you're counting. Here we go. Coming to the home plate right here. 1 John chapter 3, verse 3. We can decide to live in love. Because how do you start this journey of doing what you can't do but only God can do through you? How do you start that? By loving God and people. Somebody say, love God and love people. You see, it starts right there. It's a heart change. Ben, would you come up, please? It, it starts right here in our heart. So how do I do better by my neighbor? I ask God to change my heart so I can love my neighbor. How many here have already been born again know Jesus? You're a Christian. Has God changed your heart already in issues and areas? Come on, let's be real. Has God already done some stuff right in here? Already helped you forgive people? Well, don't stop now. Don't stop now. Keep going. And let me just tell you this. It doesn't always get easier, too. I've been doing this now for 20 years, and sometimes it's just as hard to forgive today's enemy as it was to forgive my first enemy 20 years ago. I've been pastoring for almost 15 years. Sometimes it's harder to forgive the enemy this week as it was the first day I started. And I was like, why are you treating me like that? I'm trying to help you. And it's still hard. But you know what? God is still here. God hasn't given up on me. Why should I give up on his word? Amen? Has God given up on you? Has he stopped loving you? Has he stopped forgiving you? Then why should we stop with others? Look at this scripture, 1 John chapter 3, verse 3, in closing. We're going to practice nonviolence. We're going to overlook offenses. We're going to be a servant. We're going to generously help others. We're going to love our enemies. And we're going to live in perfect love. 1 John chapter 3, verse 3 says this. All who have this hope in him purify themselves. So how do I become pure? By hoping and believing in Jesus. Do I clean myself? No. My hope in Christ allows me to be cleansed. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. So somebody pure has to make me pure. If we're all dirty, can we make each other clean? So somebody clean can make us clean, right? Think about it like that. Only God can change the heart. Keep going. Look at it. Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawless. And we all relate to that. But you know. Look at your neighbor and say, but you know. 
Come on, you know this. You, you've seen a picture of the cross. You know that he appeared that he might take away our sins. How many know Jesus came to take away our sins? And part of our sins is what? Hatred towards our enemies. Treating others not the way we want to be treated, but the way we feel they deserve it. That attitude, that anger, Jesus took for us. You want to be pure from it? Put your hope in Jesus. You're tired of trying to get revenge and fighting to get your way. Married couples, you're tired of trying to get one over on each other. Let God take away your sin. Let him take away your anger. Let him take away your jealousy. Because he came to take away sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. For all those who have truly come to Jesus, did you notice a difference the next time you tried to sin once you came to Jesus? And now that you've been with Jesus, how many know you can't keep sinning the way you used to? See, that, that time I argued with my neighbor, man, that's just like par for the course for the old Joe, but I got convicted. Man, you know that's Jesus if I'm getting convicted, right? Because she had no right to put it there, and then she put it there again, and she cussed out my wife. I go on Judge Judy. I'm, I'm right, am I not? I go to Judge Judy. Am I not right? Well, you had no permission to put that stuff there. He had a right to get mad. He had a right. Am I not telling you the truth? Judge Judy would say I was right, but God said I was wrong. Why? Because I treated her in a way I wouldn't want to be treated. You can't keep on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. So you come to this church, you hang around, and you go, I'm a Christian, but I'm living with somebody I'm not married to. We're having sex. It's okay. God forgives. You don't know Jesus. Well, I keep cussing, and Jesus keeps forgiving, and he knows my mouth. I got a problem. You don't know Jesus because you you're not confessing your real sin yet. You think it's okay to keep sinning, to keep being forgiven. You haven't met him yet because even if you do sin and you know him, you will be sorry. You will want to change. You won't cuss like you used to. You won't get mad like you used to. You won't hold grudges like you used to. You won't treat people like you used to. Now look at this, because some of you are like, man, I don't know if I believe this. this. This pastor's crazy. I didn't hear this before. Dear children, don't let nobody lead you astray. Because you know right now, you're thinking, well, I don't know. That's, that don't sound right. I, I, I could do this and still go to heaven. Dear children, don't let you, anybody lead you astray. The one who does what is righteous is righteous. The one who does what is sinful is of who? the devil why because the devil has been sinning from the beginning this reason the son of god appeared to destroy the works of the devil no one born of god will continue to sin because god's seed remains in them they cannot go on sinning they've been born of god somebody say born of god come on and this is how we know who the children of god are and who the children of the devil are you want to know you want to know saints how many want to know because everybody's like, don't judge me. I'm going to tell you what Jesus said. I didn't judge you. But I have to know who the children of God are and the children of the devil are. How many know that's a good thing to know? How about when you get in the babysitter? You want to know which one's of God and of the devil? Which one you're going to marry? Which one you're going to employ at your job? Hello. Here's how you know. Anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child, nor is anyone who does not love their brother and their sister. Keep going. Some may say, preach it. For this is the message you have heard from the beginning. We should love one another. That's what he said. That's what we should do.
Stop making excuses. Did I make a mistake? Yes, but I repented. Man, I'm serious. I don't want to treat people like that anymore. I'm heartbroken over the way I treated her. I'm embarrassed over it. I don't want to get in arguments with my wife like I have before. I don't want to lose my temper with my kids. I don't want to let a bad day in traffic or a bad day with the cable company to throw off my day. I don't want to be upset in my heart towards what you wrote about me on Facebook or somebody who didn't like me. I don't want to be walking around with a grudge. I want to love you and God has loved me. Is anybody else here today willing to get out of the rat race of sin and anger and hatred and willing to walk in love? Willing to say, you know what? I'll treat you in love. Not because you deserve it, but because God's given it and I'm going to give it away. Would you stand to your feet? Give him a hand clap of praise. Come on. Thank him for his love. Come on. Somebody say, gracias, Señor, for your love. We thank you for your love today, oh God. Would you just raise up your hands and say, fill me with your love, Jesus. Come on, if you just want to end out in prayer with me as the altar workers come, would you just confess any times you've acted in anger and say, God, forgive me and fill me with your love. Fill me with your love. Forgive me for the times I've been angry. Treated others, God, like I shouldn't, oh Lord. Fill me with your love. Fill me with your love. I don't want to be like Cain who killed his brother Abel. Would you turn down the whole band? Come on, just turn them all down, keys and everybody. Come on, I just want you to pray quietly before we leave. Hands raised if you can. Holy Ghost aerobics right now. Come on. Stick them up for Jesus right now and say, Lord, forgive me for the times I haven't loved like I should. Remember those people we talked about the beginning to have in your heart? Forgive them right now. Remember, we talked about issues you might have had with your loved ones. Come on, forgive them right now. Fill me with your love, oh God. Fill me with forgiveness. Fill me with kindness. For those, God, who don't even deserve it. Fill me with your love. Fill me with your love. Come on, Ishmael, help me out. You know I can't sing, but I'll try. Come on, 30 seconds before we leave out of this place. Real heart transformation right now. He'll make you clean if you ask him. He'll give you a new heart if you ask him. He'll do it right now. Love. Fill me, God. Purify me. Let my marriage be wrapped in your love. Let my church and the leadership be wrapped in your love. Let me treat my neighbors with your love. Co-workers with your love. Everywhere I go, Jesus, at the gym, with your love, with your love, with your love. We're not asking to be doormats, Jesus, but we're asking to be lovers of your creation. Let us know the difference between things we can drop or things that we need to take to another level. But Lord, help us know there is a difference. Not everything needs to be so serious. Not everything needs to be a fight. Not everything needs to be an insult or retaliation. Help us to forgive. Help us to forgive. I'm just going to pray now for us and then dismiss. And as we dismiss, if you want to come forward, someone will be up here to pray for you. 
just if you want someone to agree with you, to, to, to have a new heart and a, a new uh, look at life, we'll pray with you up here. And then if you have any other needs, we'll, we'll pray for your family, your marriage, anything going on in your life. But before we go, just as I pray this last prayer, would you be serious today with God? I just plead with you. Would you look within yourself? Look within yourself and see if there's just any way in you that's not God's way. Any attitude that's not Christ-like. And as I pray, would you surrender it? There's no reason why any of us should leave out here the same way we came. And I give you permission, and I hope you give me that same permission, that we would help each other. That like my wife tried to pull me back that day, that if you see me on Facebook acting a way I should and trying to defend myself, you would say, Pastor, you don't need to defend yourself to this person. We love you, and we just forgive them. Let them go. Would you do that with me? Would you commit to growing with each other as a family, that we would help each other? If you see someone losing their temper, you would say, it's not worth it. Now let me pray. Father, we're examining our hearts. We have surrendered all that we can see to you. If there's anything that's still remaining in any attitude and any uh, habit that we have, may it be changed today. May we come up for prayer and truly mean our confession. And Lord, now I ask you to build what we do upon your love and righteousness. I pray for little miracles this week, little ones. Like, it doesn't have to be all at once, but God, I just pray for little miracles in marriages that they'll, they'll see a difference. They'll, maybe when they put away the dishes, God, there'll be a, a, a gratefulness instead of an argument, and, and the husband or spouse will look at each other and go, yeah, you're worth it. I love you. It's okay. I love you. I did this for you. Or when they go to work this week, instead of losing their temper, that they can just say to their employer or, or, or fellow employee, hey, you know what, don't worry about it. I just did this because I care about you. I knew you were busy, wanted to help. Let us see the little things change, and then we'll see the big things, Lord. Give us a safe and wonderful weekend as we remember those who have given their lives for our freedom. In your precious name, in Jesus' name, can everybody say amen? Would you bless them one more time today, saints? Come on. We love you. Can you, can you slap your neighbor high five and say, love your enemy? Come on, if you need prayer, come on up. As we worship, come on, if you need prayer. Otherwise, we dismiss you. God bless you. Love your enemy. Woo! To walk humbly.